Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. I forgot to make note of this, Andy, but did you know last week marked uh, halfway through these previews? Oh, halfway there. <laughs> that was... That's... Uh, I knew where you were going with that, but that, uh, yeah, I guess My you, voice, you yeah. got, yeah, you got I, something you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot to, I didn't have time to warm up and the acoustics yeah, no, are good. Fair. And like, that's I've been fair. fighting a cold. It's a, it's a whole thing. So no, that's exciting. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And I still had to like DM you today to remind me which, uh, which division we were doing today. Cause I just never remember my brain, uh, doing a million things at once. It's wild. Like I'm not, actively handicapping hockey that much but i'm following it because it's just the playoffs are because it's the playoffs right away for hockey and that was fun like we had ufc over the weekend obviously a big golf tournament baseball all the time like there's so much stuff going on like my brain is just uh, a mess and sometimes i just have to say like <laughs> like even the ufc usually i have some podcasts i listen to some people i read and I'll try to make some informed UFC bets. And I'm just like, fuck it. I don't have time. I, I yeah. have no time. I made I made no UFC bets because I just I didn't want to just spray and pray on some of that stuff. That's that's uh that's the price totally you pay. There's only so many so many days and so many hours in the day. Yeah, no, no. And uh I mean the bookmakers gotta be feeling the crunch too. Like they've taken a long ass time getting some of these NBA lines up. Like I, it, it, it must be, it must be very, very tough managing all of the, all of the offerings, everything that's going on, all hands on deck, especially after the super long layout we had. Um, but, um, yeah, it went from zero to a hundred quick as far as just yeah. what they're, you know, what, what's on the plate for those traders all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you're setting in not only that, but pretty soon you're going to have to be setting, because series lines for NBA, they had to set series prices for NHL. Now, you know, you got to be updating your, your future books and everything in baseball. You know, the, a lot of books are putting futures up for baseball every day, as far as division playoff world series, that sort of thing. Like there's a lot to manage. So I guess if you, uh, if you have strong opinions on something, or if you think you have a pretty confident, model that you're working with i'd be shopping around a lot every day just looking at some of these future prices or series prices in nhl i know i saw some people firing on those i think there's definitely some soft uh numbers if you uh are putting the time in i like it uh and i agree um we're putting the time in for the nfl uh in large part uh assuming that there will be a season and that we're going to want to have our homework done before it gets here uh and this week's homework consists of breaking down maybe the most fun division uh at least the games i'm the most excited to watch uh which is the nfc west the nfc west is going is so loaded with talent um many of the top young and blue chip players across the league find homes in the nfc west it is going to be um Entertaining, you know, entertaining from whistle to whistle here. Uh, very, very excited for this. And we're going to start at the bottom. Uh, somewhat controversially, I'm going to put the LA Rams uh, in the four hole. Are you okay going with them first? Yeah. I mean, they don't deserve this, but as far as our opinions go, they do. And I'm yes. Yeah. Rams, um, 
they there's were not, there's not a ton to love about them, especially if we start talking long term Rams. Right. So the Rams were like you look at you think of last season and like a lot of people ascribe like the Super Bowl hangover. The you know like they you know they finally make it to the Super Bowl. They they pooped their pants and uh, and they had an underwhelming season last year. Well, they didn't make the playoffs. They won nine games. <laughs> Did you remember the Rams were nine and seven? Yeah, I mean they were middling. They had they had a couple nice, you know, they had a couple nice games, and then they had some games where they played like we thought they would against some good teams. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, their their total DVOA was twelfth, so they were you know borderline playoff team by DVOA. Um, their Pythag wins were eight point eight, uh, so that's not that far off from nine and seven. Um, so why is it that uh, kind of public perception has soured so? greatly on these guys that they find themselves at the bottom of the um, futures market to win the NFC West this year? Is it the competition around them has just gotten better? Or do you think there's something specific uh, that has made the Rams a bet against team in the eyes of the public? Probably little column A, little column B, you know, obviously the, the resurgence of Russell Wilson later in his career, when we thought maybe that would tail off, I think we've just kind of learned you, you can't bet against that team too much because he's he's kind of an outlier in close games. Obviously, the Niners are a good team. We saw that last year. They went to the Super Bowl. They actually were missing big parts of the defense at certain points in the season and still played pretty well. They picked kind of the offense picked up when the defense was down, and then they had a great run in the playoffs and ran into you know generational talent and just a a great coach, great offense, great quarterback. I can't blame anybody for losing to that team. Like they were a very good team last year. And uh, as we'll get into here in a bit, the Cardinals are uh, an ascending team, I think. So mm-hmm. everybody in the division's getting better. And the Rams, they went balls deep to the hilt, all in, traded everything, bought everything, picked up every shiny object they could. And, they are in cap hell, and <laughs> like this was this was one of the I, I shared this with you. They have not had a first round draft pick since they took golf in twenty sixteen. That's incredible. That's incredible. And they don't um, own one next year. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. First round draft picks are overrated. Um, I guess. I mean, if you're getting, you, you know, if you're getting, if you're, you're getting, getting bona fide, good players for it, yeah, but if you're it's just bona fide wild, players, for wild, it, that's, weird move. Yeah, that's one thing, but. You know, and if you know, if you if you see yourselves as on the cusp of a championship, you think you're going to be picking in late round one anyway. Then might as well swing those those picks for some bona fide talent. Um, the problem is, yeah, they did make a they made a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, they made a Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they made they made the playoffs three years in a row, right? Or two years in a row under McVay. The first two uh, years and then not year three. Yeah, I think they that's lost the way to it was. the Falcons two years ago. Yeah, at three home, years ago right? made the playoffs two years ago or made the Super Bowl and then yeah last year last year out. no. So what's uh is it fair to put uh, Jared Goff as the fourth best quarterback in the NFC West? Probably. Are they giving? I mean, they're giving him. I mean, they're pot committed <laughs> with Jared Goff at this point. That's the thing. Like they're pot committed with so many players, and even the players that they jettisoned, they were pot committed to. Like, uh, go look at some of the the money they're eating this year. It's sickening. And but yeah, what what can you do at this point? Yeah, they're 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 you know we we 
we teased the Colts a little about how much they were spending on quarterback, but man, between some of the contracts they have, they're very top heavy. And when you're top heavy, you know, let's say you give Lamar, you give Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes got paid, but you give somebody like that, uh, the contract and you're top heavy and that's life because you got to keep somebody like that. It's not as fun being top heavy with Jared Goff. He, right. And Todd he Gurley drop is not off. even on your team anymore. And right? yeah, Todd Gurley, man, I, I got to find that how much, yeah, they're, they're eating like 17 million on Gurley. Yeah. It, it's yucky. Yeah. And not only that, like cooks, <laughs> cooks. It's funny. Yeah. Like the big, a big part of their cap hit is Goff, Gurley and cooks. Which yeah, is yeah, right. One right. one of those players is on their team, <laughs> and he's the worst quarterback in your division. And, and yeah, he's been rough. I tried to find silver oh, lining. Oh, weird, and maybe this is a puzzle me this because golf sure. wasn't terrible, and you know I don't no, know if he just no, got found no. out. But like last year was, it was a bad year for him. He had a hundred and twelve passer rating in the red zone, only second behind uh, Lamar Jackson. Wow. Okay. Qualified. Like, puzzle. What, do you have a reason? Is that an outlier? Or, like, I tried to wrap my head around that. If it's like McVeigh's play calling is better I think it's down the play in the red zone, and yeah, no, no, I think I think they they did a lot of they did a lot of disguised stuff and uh, and probably caught got caught defenses thinking that they were going to try to run the ball, uh, you know, in short, you know, goal to go situations, and they they had some pretty innovative passing plays. I, I remember, um, and you know, really. It's uh, with the field shorter, the field's shorter when you're in the red zone, right? I will confirm that math. That's good for Jared Groff because if the field is shorter, number one, he's not waiting for late developing, long developing plays and getting pressured. Good call. Good call. And number two, you know, his, you know, he's his bread and butter. What he is the best at is, um, you know, you scheme him a nice little, uh, uh, a nice little 10, 15 yard, kind of post route like poster slant like those are his bread and butters and he's so i think just you know that type of field and um and those type of plays are really where he shines uh on top of the fact that there was a lot of misdirection with the rams where you know they're running 11 personnel they have one running back in the backfield you know you may think okay well this is first and goal at the you know 10 like they're coming there they're gonna run run you know try to get uh try to get closer to the goal line here and then lo and behold they they surprised you with the pass play um and you know they had good good wide receiver play last year good overall talent the it was a stars and scrubs lineup like you mentioned and the scrubs all happened to be on the interior of the offensive line which is a major problem oh for golf so it's a, a problem for a lot of quarterbacks right like like, we're, like i made the statement golf is the fourth best Both qb in the west right yeah that's true um Goff is the fourth best quarterback in the NFC West, but there's not a ton of separation between him and Jimmy G and uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray's got more more tools. Uh, you know, he's got more and wep- You know, he's got more um, not tools in terms of weapons around him, but you know, physical oh, God, no. gifts, physical gifts in terms yeah. of how he plays the position. Uh, Jimmy G has better parts around him, uh, and you know that I think you know those three quarterbacks are pretty tightly clustered. I would predict we're going to see them finish. Jimmy G, Kyler, Goff this season, but it could be any order, really. Um, what are we going to use to measure that so we can fact check that later? QBR, I would say, QBR? is fair. Okay. I think QBR fair. is fair. Um, I'm going to make a note. Um, this is in. Nice. I got put in the notebook. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And and like you said, you mentioned the offensive line. Um, they they had bad luck with that as well. Like you know, we said in the preview they were gonna have I think it was preseason, you know, they right away they had injuries. And I think it was only Whitworth that made it through the whole season as far as starting every game at his position, which I mean, is that your going into the season is is Whitworth your strongest part of your offensive line? Yes, and he's also well, well past his peak. I was going to say, he is <laughs> four years older than the head coach. That's that's startling. He's a great right? player, yeah. though. No, he's he really player. good. I think he's still going to be a good above-average player, but yeah, he's like 38. Like That's that's rough. It's yeah. it's going to be a he's... problem. If this offensive line doesn't gel quick, like it's, it's going to be, uh, again – problems for golf i don't know if that was a big part of the issue last year it's just like in 2017 and 18 they had a a ton of continuity on the offensive line they've had very little very little injury even through the i think yeah 36 regular season and playoff games in 2017 and 18 no injuries no no starts were missed due to injury by the linemen like when when you go from that to what they had last year, that's going to affect the quarterback. I don't know how much of that was what caused some of the problems that ailed our young friend Jared Goff, but it certainly didn't help. Um, you saw it really show its you know meaty head. That's a weird way to say that. Rear its, <laughs> head, its meaty head. God, I've been reading too many romance novels apparently, but. <laughs> I was thinking about some of those defensive line. I mean, remember the Niners game when you have, when you have problems on the interior line and you go up against that front four, that's going to be, that's going to be problems. I can't even imagine what those guys, if they make the starters go against the starters, that offensive interior going against Aaron Donald. Yuck. Mm -hmm. Like those four guys just getting it all, getting it all week long and then have to go out and play like the Niners or something. And that was a terrible performance by Goff. And a lot of it was on the heels of just the the Niners pressure. They were getting constantly as the offensive line was a mess. So, yeah. Yeah. You look at their worst performances of the season. They're all teams that can generate a very solid pass rush. Right. Like they, they, they scored 31 against the Niners in week 16. And that was kind of a weird, game the you know, Niners were ailing in a bunch of places defensively at that point didn't have full strength um, but the the week six game against the Niners stands out very very clearly in my head as to yep, how did this, they even so, score seven how did they even get seven how did they even get seven you get 12 against the Pittsburgh Steelers Pittsburgh Steelers made you miserable from a pass rushing standpoint um, you get 17 against you got a win against the Bears because you held them to seven but you only scored 17 um, you got utterly embarrassed by the Ravens on in prime time. You scored six. Um, you know, the, the Browns gave you a, a decent pass rush. Uh, week three, you only scored 20. Uh, granted, again, you got a win in that game because you held them to 13. Um, so it's, it's you know, they're, they're a team that, you know, with exactly the right recipe in terms of who they're going up against, they can score, you know, they can score 40, right? They They have the tools they have the weapons um and against the wrong team they can score seven uh and it can be yeah, miserable. Like you said, so they have the they have the wide receivers to go just when when you know when golf is currently constantly under pressure 
and you know he's not having time to see those plays those receivers to work themselves open it's going to go like like any of those games you described there where they they get on the board like once and the offense just looks horrid that game was almost unwatchable especially <laughs> since i think i think we had the rams in that one I, and just, and you're talking about the first niners one niner yeah you just knew right oh, yeah, away like yeah. Like, no, we uh, it was even we worse. Were, we were slow to adjust on the Niners, and we had oh, the Rams, and and it was big just time. like right away you knew like we were dead wrong. This game, like they're they're not going to score. Like the only way this we need some some fluke defensive touchdowns. This is dead. Yep, yep. And I think I, we were even on the right side of the three. It was like Rams minus two and a half, and it closed like three or three and a half, and didn't matter. Did not never, matter. Never matter. Did not matter. And so that's kind of the that's kind of the recipe I think in handicapping this team for this season as well because they didn't really do anything to shore up their offensive line in the offseason. This is still going to be a weakness. They still have a bunch of players that they are trying to coach up from replacement level who occupy the middle of this line. Uh, and Goff under pressure is not a especially accurate quarterback. He gets very flustered. There's a you know a lot of his uh, problems his first season um, when he was under Jeff Fisher at that time. Uh, you know, directly translated to uh, feeling the heat and, you know, skipping balls and throwing stuff away that was you know, totally uncatchable. And, you know, I think you can pretty much, it's tough thing. It's a tough thing to improve on. So I am entering this season fully expecting uh, a handful of these games where they're going up against vicious pass rushes to be bad, bad news. Um, in division, especially like, I mean, I guess Seattle doesn't have like the world's greatest pass rush. And that's probably why, I will be betting over every, you know, over in those games for sure. Like that's like that's my fa- that's that's one of my favorite um, head-to-head over spots. That's Seattle's Seattle Rams games. They just they play each other so damn close every freaking time. Uh, and uh, alternatively, like the Niners, they're going to be an extremely extremely tough test for this group. If they're healthy, if they're fully healthy, um, that is just an absolutely devastating matchup for them. So it's, this is a team, this is a team in the Rams that I can tell you almost certainly I will be betting a lot on, not on necessarily, but their games, I will have tons and tons of bets on them this year. Do you agree? There's going to be some, there's going to be some good totals. If you can find, like, I just, I'm starting to look at the, uh, I'm starting to look at the schedule here. Like this is where you start picking, you can start picking out some of these a little early even. You know, what's a great one week four and week five sets up so fucking perfectly week five Rams are at home against the giants that game the Rams could score 40 points week five they're up against uh, I was just gonna say I want all right don't don't say it yet I want (laughs) I want a team with a great pass rush and a horrid (laughs) offense and I will bet alternate Total unders until the cows yeah. come home. Give me an yeah. under 20 and a half on that game at like <laughs> plus four, uh, you know, 40 perfect. to one. No, yeah, just a perfect a, a team, one, two a punch. team that's gonna have trouble scoring, but it has a great pass rush like Washington is going to be just that's gonna be a terrible game. Like the, the Rams, <laughs> the Rams win that like 13 to eight. Exactly, that's gonna be you, you got awful. Exactly. awful. Exactly. Imagine, I was thinking 13 to six, you, but yeah, 13 like, to eight, sure. The only thing that would be better if, is if we had like forty mile an hour winds that day. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A score, well, it'll be in the DMV. Scoreless tie. <clears throat> That'll be in October in the DMV. Um, okay. So drama. Yeah, I guess talking a little bit more about the Rams this season. Like, I guess they have a unique approach. 
Um, they've they obviously have hit some home runs in the draft. Um, the moves for the guy, likes of Jalen Ramsey, who's like a bl- true blue blue chip player in this league. You know, while on one hand you're like, yeah, give up unknown assets for you know true blue guys like that, sure. Um, but it has put them in a place where they are top heavy, where they you know they are they have limited flexibility with respect to the cap and um the Todd Gurley signing is kind of the like that was the seed that that begot all of this right giving him the money that you gave him two years ago um when it was perceived that he was kind of the straw that stirred the drink with this offense was crazy um and now you're paying the price for that and actually a lot of the Rams front office decisions that they made this offseason specifically not really bringing anyone in to replace a lot of their losses, trading guys away so that they could, uh, you know, fl- effectively have a reset next year. It almost seemed like they were sort of in the back of their minds betting on maybe there won't be a season. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like they almost sort of are positioning themselves, I feel, for a more effective free agency in 2021 uh, to kind of really make their charge during that season would be an offensive line, be a depth in the linebacking core mm. um, because they lost a lot of really relatively important players. Cooks is gone. Littleton is gone. Dante Fowler jr. Gone. Oh, uh, I was going to say Fowler, Fowler and Matthews. Like that's a big, big chunk of what they Matthews got done. Gone. As yeah. Far that as was, the, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Matthews was, it's not like Matthews was. In played a prime. lot of snaps though. But he still, played, he played a, a lot of for snaps them. for you. And, yeah. That's a ton of their sacks, a ton of their pressure. Like you, it's I'm not I'm not hopeful for this team in the in the long term I guess how do you define long term like the short term long term like the next couple years could be rough for Rams fans because they they went for it and God I don't even blame them like that's I if I'm a fan if I'm a team owner if I'm a you know general manager that's that's what you do if you have something like "Eh, you know golf's playing well we got him on a cheap deal Let's go get this. Let's go get our Super Bowl and make it happen because it's no fun just being like a middling team, like playing it safe. Like I like that they went for it. Fuck it, do it. And now you pay. You pay the price. This is what you deal with when you go for it. It sucks. They didn't get their title. They got to a Super Bowl. They had a good year. It's this is what you're going to deal with now. The cap is beat up. Like the fact. I think just how much they're eating. And I don't understand cap math all that well, but with, when they did trade Cooks to Houston, how much they took as far as, you know, how much they took of Cooks's contract when they did the trade, like their cap space went down, like how much space <laughs> yeah. they had. When, when you traded away a player, a good receiver, like they actually had less cap space after that trade. Just everybody yeah. that they're paying, it's, it's, it's not – it's not going to be fun for a couple of years. They're taking it on the this. chin this year, though. Oh, They're for, taking for it on certain. the chin hard yeah, the, this year. The cap, the cap space looks a lot better next year. Like yeah. they will have some room to start rebuilding, and they don't. They don't have a number. They don't have a first round pick again next year, but they still yeah. have some core players that they can they can work around. <laughs> and yeah, over the next couple of years, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Right, and when you have players as good as Donald and Ramsey on your defense, when you have um, depth you know, and some of your skill position players on offense like they have. Um, and Goff is, you know, with protection, I think is pretty clearly a top half of the league quarterback. Um, you, you mentioned his red zone efficiency. Like he's, he's a very capable passer, you know, conditional on you can give him time. 
uh, and, you know, keep a established pocket. So the, you know, the pieces are there to, at a minimum, win it games, right? And you're, so you're never going to be able to rebuild through the draft. You're, all, you're going to have to do it uh, via some, uh, you know, some shrewd drafting, uh, uh, maybe draft volume in the middle to later rounds. Uh, and, you know, pick, pick some pieces off of the, uh, the scrap heap that is the free agency nowadays, um, to backfill where you have some issues. And I think that's doable for them on the offensive line. I think that's doable for them in linebacking units. Like they're, they're not especially, um, thin or, or especially bad, <laughs> talentless talent. They're not talent or or thin in the places that it really really could completely combust this season into like a four and 12 season you know what i'm trying to say like they have like the blue chip players that they have at the key positions cornerback wide receiver defensive line and and quarterback uh you know i would say this team has a relatively high four uh even if the ceiling is also quite low we think that material yeah i mean you you talk about like having pieces in place to build around you want to have those in the right spots i guess like if you have a couple like hey we have two really good off ball linebackers and (laughs) and you know uh, a great guard and a really good (laughs) running back who we're paying like that's that sounds like the colts by the way yeah, honestly, it does get us out like the Colts. Like that's not, we're going to continue to hit on the Colts, I guess. But you know, having having key pieces in the right places helps. Yeah. And in a passing league, having guys who can get pressure, guys who can, and even from the inside, you know, usually you think pressure, you think edge guys, you think, you know, uh, linebackers in certain in certain systems when they're used in that regard, and. You know, you don't think of interior guys, but man, Donald, just the way he plays, like he, you're not seeing, you've never seen something like this. Like he broke it. He broke a record that was like 30 years old for interior sacks. It's, it's nasty how he is. So, I mean, even just having a good interior guy like that, that can get that much pressure, having some corners, having some coverage guys, having some pressure, having some receiving options, even at the tight ends. Like those are those are good things to have, and I don't know what they're doing with Goff. If it's time to move on, or if they're you know absolutely married to him, it's going to be interesting. Especially when we talk about the next team, you can't be married to anybody if you want to be successful in this league, running an organization. But I I, I don't know. I I like some of the spots they have, you know, solidified at the moment. As far as moving forward, once they get out of this cap hell, maybe get some more draft capital, make some good choices in the offseason. It could be a team that's gunning for the playoffs, it's, you know, again, as soon as next year. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at with them too. Like, I can see a 7-9 and nine season. I can see disappointment. I can see some changes. And, you know, but I think they will be primed to bounce back once they have a little bit more flexibility and they can do a better job backfilling their holes. Um I guess in terms of their like the the, the McVeigh uh, system overall, um, do you feel like in any way that the league is catching up or catching on or kind of cracked the code uh, on what McVeigh does offensively? Because I, I I personally I don't think that I think that it is still very 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 dangerous way uh, 
to run your offense, even though McVay personally makes poor decisions with respect to when to go for it on fourth down versus field goals um, or punts. Uh, I feel like if you gave him a little dash of aggressiveness or analytics help in terms of decision-making, it could be even better. I don't know. What's your, yeah, what's, it's funny. What's your we're we're going to touch it. We're going to touch on that when we get to Kingsbury, but I mean, I'll just bring it up now. Like Kingsbury was an absolute vagina at the beginning of the season. He it was, was making yeah, it was very, really very conservative calls. And uh, God, this is from Football Outsiders. I'm not sure if I can find it this quick. I should have copy and pasted this, but like he he ended up towards the middle of the pack in their like aggressiveness rankings for coaches because he made some serious changes. Like he saw it. I don't know if it was something internal, if it was brought to him, if he saw it himself on film. You know, if somebody in the coaching staff was letting him know what a pussy he was being. But, I mean, he, he made change, and we haven't seen that from McVay as far as... No, and in fact, the more, high, like, the higher leverage the games, I feel like the more conservative he was, which is really confounding. Yeah, the Falcon, the, the loss of the Falcons in the playoffs, I felt like there were some pretty conservative calls. Yeah, a the loss of the back. Patriots in the Super Bowl. They the, scored three even, points. Even the, even the win against the Cowboys in the playoffs last two years ago. Um you know, like they, they were just there are a lot of times where uh, he diverts to conservatism, despite having, you know, at the time he had the most, you know, the most effective offense at his fingertips. Why, you know, you're going to gain this fourth down yardage in your sleep, dude. Like, what are you doing? Um, but he goes conservative for whatever reason. So, you know, I think if any criticism of McVeigh is warranted, it's that. Uh, I think the system overall and what he's doing in terms of route tree sophistication, in terms of, um, you know, disguise and, and uh, misdirection uh, is freaking awesome uh, and will continue to succeed because it's not, it's like, it's almost like the stuff that makes his offense good is sort of like, uh, you know, play action, you know, play action is good because it's good. <laughs> There's not a way to crack that code and all of a sudden defend it better. You know, like if you have a quarterback who can do it, 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 it is, you know, it's a it's a cornerstone of your offense, and yeah, you, you know, need robots out there to get around that. It's just it's <laughs> yeah, exactly they've they've yeah. shown it. They've shown like you, you could put. It doesn't matter if the running back's good, bad, having a good day, a bad day, or what. It doesn't matter. They're going to bite slightly on any play action if it's executed properly. Like it, like you said, it's the dumbest way to say it. Like not that no offense to you. Like it's the dumbest way to say something like it's good because it's good. And that's, that's like, but it's the truth. Like, yeah, it just, it's, it, play action is good because of inherently what it is. It's, it's a fake. It's a play fake. You're opening things up. I mean, again, I keep trying to move on to the Cardinals, but we're going to get into, you know, why the running game works and will work in, in the system that they run. Like just, you have to make a concerted effort to make your play work. You can't just say, we're going to run a, we're going to run some routes and we'll throw it to someone like mm -hmm. play action, pre-snap yeah. movement, disguising things, you know, guys, guys who maybe you didn't think, you know, somebody that's going to block on a certain play over and over and over suddenly running a route. Like any way you can disguise something, that's how you win. It's yeah. you're going up against very smart players, very smart coaches every single week. You have to be able to disguise things and make people miss yeah. as far as what they, what they yeah. think you're going to do. So, I mean, play action works yeah. because it works. 
Yep. Do you put any stock? I, I think this is a little overstated, but do you put any stock in the uh, the communication between McVeigh and Goff in terms of Goff's success? Yeah, I think that's a thing. Like the, the whole how he's just in his ear the whole time. So yeah. You've seen that. I mean, we've all watched that video where it's like he's lost after potential to uh, potential to see that increase this year with no fan noise, right? No crowd noise. I would think so. I wonder about I wonder how that'll work. Like if he's on the near hash, like once they cut up the communication through the headsets, yell at, can, yell what he's can McVay just yell at him? Jared. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, might, that might be a thing. That's yeah. pretty funny. Um, okay, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on this. Um the um last couple thoughts I had about the Rams. Um their schedule is freaking hard because the NFC West is just hard. Um, but outside of their NFC West opponents, they got a pretty good draw. Um, couple of, uh, NFC East tests early. Um, really they kind of get their hardest out of conference, out of division games, uh, out of the way first three weeks of the season. Um, and then from there on, every time you're not playing a divisional foe, you're going to be favored by it more than, more than field goal. Um, maybe the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks game. That's that's probably going to because you're on the road. That's probably going to be you're going to be a, a field goal dog there. Um, but it's going to be um, you know it's going to be a lot of fun to bet these guys bet against them, bet the over, bet the bet the under uh, in certain spots because I do feel like uh, I have the best read on them overall as a mm-hmm. kind of a unit. Um, they did yeah. do the requested double time road trip to Philly and Buffalo. Oh, thank you. Which, I forgot about which that. Which is tough. They did that early on. So three out of their first four out of their first six games are road. So it's tough. They do a couple trips. And not only that, but the the double the double trip Philly Buffalo, where I'm assuming they'll stay over, and then Washington, followed by a trip up to the bay, which is not like it's a huge trip, but again, it's a road game against a really good team. Yeah. So Sunday night football kinda, too. Kind of a a mix there. You know, Dallas is supposed to be good. Philly can be decent. Buffalo's a playoff team. And then you get the Giants in Washington. And then you go right back and have to face uh, San Francisco coming off a Super Bowl appearance up at what I'm just going to say candlestick. I don't know what it's called now. The Field Oracle of Jeans. O. Field, the field of, of the Levi. Yeah, Levi at Levi Stadium. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm um, so bad. They, they just keep renaming everything. Yeah, they, they do. And yeah. uh, speaking of stadiums, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Sucks, yeah, the sucks Rams, so bad uh, to build a stadium and not build be a stadium and it. nobody can go in. Yeah. Looks good when you fly over it. Uh, I've heard. I haven't gotten on an airplane in five months, but whatever. Um, the. Um, uh, the Rams uh, ceiling, like I said, like if they, they drafted a bunch of guys in the middle to late round this year. If some of those guys hit, then the Rams ceiling goes up a little bit, I guess. Um, if the line, you know, if they got the, some some reps over the uh, uh, over last uh, last season and, you know, anything working together in this preseason, then they could take a step forward. Some of these guys, I guess. And the offensive line could be a little better than I'm projecting, um, which would make the whole, whole offense a hell of a lot more dangerous. Um, but that's speculative, and I it's will wait to see. It's not an easy it. schedule. It's not like, even it's at, not. even at the end. Like you, you get uh, well. I mean, it, it depends what we think of some of these teams. Obviously, I say that every episode. But New England is kind of a wild card. I'm not sure, you know, how they'll be, and obviously Arizona 
you know, yet to see we're, you know, they're a team on the ascension, we said, but how much they ascend is yet to be seen. Seattle is I think yeah, I think Seattle just be Seattle like they are every year. But the, the end of the you know, after the bye, Seattle twice, San Francisco again, New England, Tampa, Arizona twice. Basically you get the Jets game and seven tough games. Yeah, that's very true. That's a very or good point. Tough, yeah, after the bye games. is going to be quite tough. It, it is a pretty rough stretch after the bye for him. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But yeah, my my ceiling is like eight, nine if things work out really well and some of the other yeah. teams aren't good. Like yeah. like you said, it's not a I don't see a blow up season either. So I think they're they're somewhere between seven and nine wins. I won't have any futures on or against them as far as regular season win totals or anything like yeah. that. They're five to one to win the AFC West right now. NFC West right now. That's not bettable for me. Um, they are. I saw a six, but even that's not enough. The um, I don't think they're worth shopping around for an alt wins either way. Um, although under six and a half at plus two fifty is kind of interesting. Um, the just because how tough their schedule is down the stretch, like there could be some, but they don't have their first round pick, so they're you know they're not gonna tank you know um the um they opened this win total at eight and a half at minus 110 to the under it's been bet down to minus 125 so a little bit of movement but it's not a team that i've seen a lot of people take a strong stand on really like i don't think that many people yeah i think everybody's kind of in agreement this is one of the teams you have relatively a tighter distribution uh, of their performance and uh, it's because they have some glaring holes but they have some great freaking players uh, and you know, that, that tends to lead to uh, high floor, low ceiling. Um, you want to move on to Arizona? You got any final thoughts on the L.A. Rams? Yeah, not really. I think, like you said, a big a- – anything you – Oh, yeah. There's one more thing I meant to mention. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Wade Phillips is gone. Yeah. Does that change the, the defense? The defense the, – the defense – well, losing the edge rushers and Wade Phillips, it's like – I guess we're going to see what the defense is, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not making like some huge adjustment for him. It's tough to say Wade Phillips to Brandon Staley, the previous Denver linebackers coach. Uh, it's tough to say that that will be um, an upgrade. I think probably will not be an upgrade. If anything, it might be a downgrade uh, or a neutral move. I guess um, I don't put a ton of stock in who your defensive coordinator is like it's you have to be especially bad to be to, to <laughs> uh you have to be like dan quinn level bad with the falcons uh, to really be note noteworthy in the defensive coordinating hey, space took, in my it book it took two people to replace him <laughs> yeah right um so i don't know i i i, I mean i i'm you know best of luck to wade phillips son of bum and his future endeavors but uh felt like he kind of wore some some of the failures last year that weren't really his fault. Um, so and that cool coat though, that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move to the side of the desert. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Um, a team that uh, had the number one overall pick just a year ago, um, who had drafted Josh Rosen to be their future of the franchise at the quarterback position. And then summarily, decided you know what we're gonna take kyler murray because he clearly has a higher higher ceiling as a football player uh and we've seen enough of josh rosen we will ship him off to miami never to be seen or heard from again um 
Kyler Murray gets drafted. They bring him in. Uh, he has had t- telltale kind of first half of his rookie season where he looked rough, but at times put yeah. some spectacular play on film, like flashes of brilliance amidst a relatively tough opening stretch to the season. Things finally click for these guys about halfway through the season. I felt like I, I would put the Thursday night game against the Niners where the Niners were undefeated and they were like 10 point favorites or so. Um, that was kind of where I first felt like the Cardinals really impressed uh, in terms of just hanging with the Niners in that game. Do you remember that one? Like Halloween yeah. night, maybe? They lost like 28-25-ish. It's three-point loss, but they were eight-point dogs. And they they fought hard in that game. Like they looked feisty. I wonder what their ATS record was. It felt like just like second half of the year, you could always just take them as a dog and it would be a close game. I will look it up for you. Um, but they ended up finishing with only five wins. Uh, five, ten, and one with that opening week tie That's against high. the Lions. And, <laughs> and, you know, even in the losses through the middle stretch of the season, Niners, Bucks, Niners, those three games there, um, they were all really competitive. They were tough in those games. And I think going up against the best teams across the league and giving, you know, giving some, you know, it's giving them a legit fight um, is encouraging for a young team like this. And Cliff Kingsbury, as you noted, uh, he has a lot of room to grow to be in the conversation with the other coaches that are kind of leading this youth movement across the NFL. I would say he's pretty clearly behind Shanahan and McVay in my book. Um, although I like what he's doing conceptually better than what the Pete Carroll's offensive coordinator is doing in Seattle. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a team that's easy to get excited about. They opened the win total this year at six and a half and it got bet up real quick. Uh, six and a half was minus minus one ten on the open. It's now minus minus one ninety three. Um, one could say that the market has overreacted. Uh, it's up to, you know, you can bet under seven and a half at plus a hundred now. That's intriguing. Because yeah, who's to is. say that there isn't, uh, you know, some stumbling and some learning curve with the Cardinals this year? I mean, they made don't the you, most. Don't you think a lot of that was like the why we saw some inconsistency early? Like, it's one thing to bring in a rookie quarterback, even a highly touted one who is definitely not six foot. That that still chaps my ass, and I lost a bet on that. I think <laughs> I had a combine bet that he'd measure under six foot because he ain't six foot. No, he's bringing he's like in a five, new quarterback. Ten, maybe. He's five nine and change. Yeah, but bringing in a new quarterback in any sense is going to be challenging. Bringing in a rookie, especially one who really you know people say this was a knock on Mitch, but again he didn't he didn't start a ton of games in college. You know it was uh it was pretty much I think just the one year. I did read that too. I want to say I'm not sure if it was Football Outsiders or what. Like the, that was part of the issue with the the sacks he took. They thought it was like the the Oklahoma offensive line. I want to say it was four fifths of it got drafted that year as well. Mm. Like it's it's easy to be a little yeah. hold on to the ball a little more and maybe be a little less cognizant of a pass rush when you don't have to worry about it because you have just four studs, five studs in front of you. So, um, yeah, that, that I mean, the learning curve there was always going to be an issue because he's a rookie quarterback coming into a new system. But then not only that, but the system wasn't even in place before. 
you you go with the full like it's a full I mean, kind of what Carolina's dealing with, except without the excitement of having this young stud rookie quarterback. You go new coach, new quarterback, new everything, and it's gonna be rocky. Like yeah. sure, anybody who even even people who were betting <clears throat> Arizona team total overs or had them, you know, as a, a bullish team maybe later on in the season, you had to know it was gonna be rocky to start with. And I think it just took a while to get used to that, especially in a system like that where you need to start four receivers. Like you're you're running ten personnel a lot. They I want to say yeah they they ran well obviously they ran ten personnel more than anybody, but they ran ten eleven and twelve personnel ninety two percent of the time. Wow, you're basically just Jeez. yeah you you have one running back if that, and I mean you're putting a lot of stock into the fact that you need receivers that can go out there and play. And they didn't have that. Then they, I don't think they were super sure what the third and fourth receiver were going to be. And I mean, obviously, it, it goes without saying they addressed uh, some of the receiving issues in the offseason. Like, that's going to be huge, obviously. But even like last year, they were just kind of feeling out what they had in some of the younger guys and this, the corpse of Larry Fitzgerald. And it, it was interesting to see what they did with that. And I, I think, you know, it goes without saying like here's a Andy hot take having DeAndre Hopkins will help like having anybody was going to help like having a good one good younger high-end receiver was what you know what you really need so you can you can make this kind of offense work that much better and it's funny like you think air raid it's oh it's you know everybody go downfield and we're just going to sling the ball like 50 times a game. You run a lot and it's silly. It's like uh, the play. I, we used to run this in the schoolyard. You'd have everybody run, you know, this isn't what they're doing, but you'd have everybody run just streaks. Like all your receivers would go deep and then the quarterback would take off for like 30 yards because the whole defense was down covering all your deep routes. You know, it's not the same thing, but at the same time, like just running that sort of offense opens huge lanes. True. And I think they're going to, you know, it's not like they didn't run a ton of designed quarterback keepers last year, but I think, man, I would go with even more of that because oh, yeah, it works. Sure. we've seen how it worked in Baltimore and this kind of offense just opens up big chunks of the field. If he's getting out, even if he's just running out sliding after seven yards, that's a very successful play on most downs. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we see, Maybe the running game get a little better, uh, addition by subtraction, getting rid of David Johnson and, and running. It doesn't matter who because they're not paying him as much. And and obviously the the additions in the offense there with DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's a uh, yeah, especially top possibly top one receiver. Like there in yeah. my mind, I'm I I can't think of a way that this offense doesn't take a decent step forward. I agree with you on that. I'm I'm in full agreement with you on that. I think the, yeah, um, I think it's the the other side of the ball is going to be whether this team wins games or not. Yeah, right. Is it enough? Right. Um, the I to kind of circle back and answer your question. The uh, the Cardinals were ten and six against the spread last year. A lot of games yeah, they were right. plus two and a half, uh, which makes me think a lot of games they were actually plus three. They got bet to plus two and a half. Um, and, uh, they, I mean, they were a dog in every game except one. They were favorites week three 
against the Panthers and Kyle Allen and got their brains beaten in. Um, <laughs> dogs in what every weird, other game. What a weird thing to say. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It was a weird, it was a weird game. Um, it really is. The, um, yeah, so you're right. Like, they were, they were a little, uh, yeah, there was, there's a lot of room to grow here, and uh, they made the best trade uh, in the history of the NFL. Um, in offloading, possibly the, <laughs> offloading the David it, it, Johnson right up there. contract and getting an asset like Hopkins. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, there is, there is just, there are a lot, there's a lot of room to grow and there are a couple of glaring, uh, holes. Do you want to start with the holes? I mean, the, the whole defense, the holes, I'll start the on the whole, offensive side. What's going to hold back this offense from reaching its potential is that uh, Murray could be under duress quite a lot. Yeah, the um, line's still don't, rough. I guess is this a bottom five O line? Uh, bottom three, probably. <laughs> bottom I mean, five, it I sucks. Think is pretty like, fair. They, they had so many holes. I think if they were a little, if they'd have won one more game, they likely would have selected an offensive lineman. But at that spot. I don't think passing on Simmons was going to happen. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame disagree. him for taking defense, but like, man, I almost, I almost was thinking as we were going through the draft, like, man, do they, do they think about trading back and just grabbing another offensive lineman? Cause they could use it, but they, it's so many holes on defense, so many holes on the <laughs> offensive line. It, it is what it is. I like to pick a Simmons, but yeah, the offensive line is not good. I mean, realistically, the ceiling for the offensive line would be like league average. League average. That would be yeah. that would be a stretch. That would yeah. be fantastic if they were. Yeah, a league that's average. like you, you're getting a career year from Mark Skilbert and Sweezy. Poo. <laughs> Poo. Poo. Who's not, Poo. not related Poo. to the cute blonde girl from Midsummer. I'm trying to think um, of stuff she was in. Yeah, that the offensive line is definitely. Uh, as a whole, on that side of the ball, that's where you're going to struggle the most. I couldn't think yeah. of his name. I have to look it up. Kenyon Drake, yeah. for the and money you're paying yeah. him. Kenyon like, Drake is a, good. That's a good spot. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's a good really, player. He's really a freaking good player. Um, but guess what? If you don't have an offensive line and you run a lot of 10 and 11 personnel, what does that do to your uh, – that puts more, even more pressure on those guys, right? Yeah. You're not getting a lot of help. You're not getting a lot of chip blocks from your running back. You're not getting a lot of tight end blocking. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're running these, um, you know, if you're running these thin formations, with all these wide well, receivers, yeah, the opposite, the opposite's going to be true. If you're running 10, 11 personnel a lot, there's going to be very few plays where you have extra help blocking. Like it's just, yeah. those things you can't, these guys are going to be on an Island 12, and they're 13 a little exposed as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So That'll be difficult. Uh, now, granted, Hopkins isn't a guy that you really are trying to get downfield anyway. Um, at least in my opinion, I would like to see him in the 11 to 20 yard range for most of his average depth of targets. Um, Kirk is a speedster who's going to get down the field pretty good. Uh, Fitzgerald's this guy that you can count on to give you absolutely rock solid hands and short medium passing games. So, you know, they, they have the right weapons. Uh, they just need a little bit stronger line play and that could happen. Uh, the defensive side of the ball is a massive question mark. This defense has stunk out loud now Huge. for two straight seasons. Vance Joseph uh, taking over the defense last year did not have the time of his life with this unit. Um, many what of the games, call, what they, a callback! <laughs> many of the games they were exposed. Um, I think on average they were. I felt like they were. You could count on them to give up about thirty points a game. 
Um, on average, their opponents scored 27.4 last year. That's so why they were that's fun. They were always big fun number. games to watch. They were. They were. And their schedule wasn't even very hard last year. They still gave up a shitload of points. Um, they have one pass rusher in uh, Chandler Jones, who's very good. Very, uh, very good, yes. That was a, and then, that was a then, nice move by them. And then a bunch of Jags uh, everywhere else on the defense, including no the washed – Yeah, including yeah. – <laughs> Jags isn't just another guy. Um, and, you know, the – Maybe the one other name player besides Chandler Jones on this defense is Patrick Peterson, and he is borderline washed to fully washed. I want uh, to. I want to give him a pass. Like he didn't get to, you know, he didn't get to start the season with the team. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a holding pattern on him. Like he might be washed. You might absolutely be right. He could be washed, and it would not surprise me. But at the same time, he had to come off that suspension, so he didn't get to, you know, work with the team right away. And he did play better towards the end of the year. So we'll see. But yeah, obviously it's not peak Patrick Peterson by yeah. any means. Yep. And I mean, they went, they went and shopped hard for four, three defensive players. Um, four of their signings were kind of middle tier ish uh, defensive players. Isaiah Simmons uh, draft pick is interesting and we'll spend a little bit of time there. Um, but, you know, they didn't lose anyone on defense who's meaningful. But they didn't really bring in any names. They just kind of went all depth. So I really don't know what to expect out of these guys. I don't love, you know, I don't love Vance Joseph's scheme necessarily defensively. And I don't love the quotes we've gotten out of them overall about what they're going to do with Simmons. Um, can you tell me why it's so hard to put a, put a, uh, a player like Isaiah Simmons into the kind of a standard NFL defense? Do you get it? Because you have a bad coordinator who just can't look. He's going to look a gift horse in the mouth and just say, this guy can kind of do it all. Like just start, start experimenting with him. See where he fits. He can play all over. Yeah. I mean, I guess, what do you think his ideal role? What's in your mind? What's his ideal role for, uh, for an NFL offense? I'd say just from uh, getting the most out of him usage. You want him rushing. You you want him. You want him rushing the passer. Uh, against the Rams you want him spying Russell Wilson and you want him uh you want him you want him defending the the run against uh the Niners would you using him as like an off ball linebacker would be probably a poor use if if that's like what you're gonna use like that that's not gonna uh, whatever metric you want to like points added wins above replacement whatever you want to say if you're going to use it for a metric that's that's not where you use a stud like this i guess you could at times but i think that's the the key you can't say here's how we're going to use him i think you got to say here's a hundred percent of isaiah simmons and here's the percentages we're going to use him you will have to use him as an off-ball linebacker you can use him as a strong safety you can use him as a pass rusher you can you know you have jones and campbell up there but at the same time, you could if on on third downs, he's rushing, he's coming, he is a, another outside linebacker lining up next to Jones or Campbell, and he's coming for your face. Like he can he can do it all, and I think that's the key is uh, getting the defensive coordinator to see you know which part of his games to use when because he could be a dynamic player immediately. He was great, like he was so fun to watch at Clemson. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a spectrum or a percentage. He's a pie chart. You got to, you know, you got to divide him up and you got to divide that pie properly as far as his usage. Yeah. And I think you have to shape your defense around him, recognizing that his roles and responsibilities are different in every game. And you have a good strong safety in Buda Baker. So, you know, you, you don't need to drop him back into coverage as much. Right. Right. You can use him more around the line of scrimmage. I think that's fair. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, okay. I'm, I'm very out of all the defensive players that drafted. I'm pretty effing excited for to, to watch him. I'm excited for the Cardinals in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray is an exciting player. Uh, what do you think his? I guess in five years, are we looking back and he's in the top five QB conversation with his skill set if he develops in this offense? Man, you give him a line. I mean, just look, look like what I said. That Oklahoma line was so good. It was really, was, really good. Yeah, and he he was a ton of fun to watch. Granted, those were Big Twelve defenses, but at the same time, you if if Kingsbury continues to figure out what he needs to do with an offense to be successful at this level, you get an offensive line in front of him. You add another piece. To the receiving core, Kenyon Drake continues to play at a high level. Uh, yeah, for sure. He could be <clears> – <throat> and I think our, our definition of, like, top five quarterback is different. You're never going to see Lamar Jackson throw 5,000 yards, but you don't need to. He doesn't need to throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns to be a top five quarterback. Like, it, it's a fluid thing, and he could he could be in that same kind of subcategory as Lamar. Is like, man, you know – he might not beat us with a 350 yard game, but this guy is going to kill us today. Mm. And I, yeah, I think I like that, that. In, in, in that specific type of offense where you are doing design quarterback runs where you're spreading out the field a lot, he can kill you if you get him the protection he needs and maybe one more receiver. It's a team that could, you know, the, their ceiling is high if everything falls together, but at the same time, realistically, I mean, still a year away. Yeah. Do you think um, his game most reasonably translates to Russell Wilson? Yeah. Are we going to have the conversation in two years of who's better, Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, when they're both playing basically the same exact game? <laughs> Wilson better be retired by then. So sick <laughs> I in how many how many years does Wilson have left? Because you know what, it ain't it ain't unlimited. <laughs> God, I've watched that so many times it still bothers me. Unlimited. I can't even do it right because nobody can sound that awful. Unlimited. Yeah. But um, I think Russell Wilson's yeah, got ten more uh, years good, recently. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good comp. Yeah, it's crazy. Two of those guys in the same division. Um, okay. Well, Kyler Murray got a massive fucking upgrade at wide receiver. So. I should do if something you, for him this go, year. I mean, just forward <laughs> forward casting here. Looking, looking forward. What is your what are your targets in the offseason next year? Let's say you have a nice year, you'd seven, eight, nine wins, mm-hmm. maybe just miss the playoffs. Like you're feeling you're feeling pretty good about the team going forward, but you're still obviously you have some holes. Offensive line, I think, goes without saying. What are you targeting on the defense in the draft in the offseason next year? next year 
I'm trying to find Patrick Peterson's replacement, probably. That's Top good. I like CB, that. A CB1. Uh, I'm looking yeah. for a CB1 in the draft, and I'm looking to try to get some established vets to, to kind of play a better offensive line. Um, I agree with that. I, yeah, I, like, I mean, I'd these like guys, a, the guys like say Brian tackle. might be good. I don't know. Yeah, D tackle would be nice for sure. A these good, guys a are, good D tackle. Are, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, yeah, it, Jordan the, Phillips in, ten million. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I I don't mind right. I don't mind him, but I'd like a good young D tackle. Find some. It'll it'll be interesting to see just what kind of uh, sample they have to go on when they're drafting anybody from college in the college ranks this year. Yeah. If, yeah, if college if college falls through, boy, the draft will be. We're gonna honestly. Here's oh my the thing: gosh, it's gonna be if insane. there's no college season, we're gonna make a million dollars off draft props because the markets <laughs> will be the markets will be so off it's and just people blind and the as, people blind will, as ever. The yeah, we'll just take big numbers on everything, and the draft props will be fun. I like God, that call. I, um, yeah, so no, no, I'm for for sure the the positions that need to be the need to be addressed um deep tackle is a good one cb one is a good one and um then offensive line offensive line and maybe another receiver if you can find something you know a couple rounds and if you can find some projects although yeah. you know, these young guys they still have some pretty young receivers where it's like we don't we're not 100 percent sure what we're getting out of this yet yeah yeah no, I agree with that. Um, okay. I mean, they got they got this one guy. They got Josh Jones, who is a first-round talent, who had some injury red flags. So he he slid to the uh, third round. That was kind of a nice pickup by them. They scooped a value pick there with Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. Um, I like their D-tackle they drafted from Utah, too. I thought the draft went really well for them, real, realistically. Um they got yeah, some for not having good, a second, you some, know, they yeah. didn't take anyone in the second, but that that Josh Jones was if it's somebody in the third round and it's someone if it's a someone I've heard of, like that's a good sign. You know what their second he round was pick a name. was? You know who their second yeah, round pick yeah. was? It was DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's worse ways Your to second use round second pick round and yeah, there's a lot of worse ways to use a second round pick to get David Johnson's salary off your books. God, I'm still just <laughs> If you're yeah, if you're a Cardinals fan, Same, you had to man. just be you had to just be giddy. Like I remember, and you know, I'm sure you remember a thousand times back when your fandom was at its peak for the Patriots when they when they oh when they got Randy Moss, you know, oh that was like, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, when things like that happen, like you're so giddy. Oh yeah, I can't I sleep can't, at night. I can't, you're so excited, yeah. I can't think of one that would have been that would have made me as giddy as this one did like the, the Jared Allen trade for, and obviously there was stuff behind the scenes that nobody knew about at the time. He was just absolutely fed up with that team as far as what they'd been doing kind of off the field, but like what they traded for Jared Allen at the time, that was a super exciting day for the Vikes. Maybe yeah. Steve Hutchinson too. God, Steve, the Steve Hutchinson trade was big. He was such yeah. an anchor for so many years. But the, the, I mean, a skill position player is so much more fun. It I is. guess getting even getting like Tom Brady at forty was probably pretty fun for Tampa fans. But yeah, what, what a what a goddamn coup! You just yeah. you took Bill O'Brien, <laughs> you stuck his cleft chin down in the dirt, and you bent him over. Yeah, that's exactly disgusting. Right. Disgusting what you did to him. <laughs> as a as an organization, I'm actually disgusted with you, Arizona. That was not very. It wasn't right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
good good for them this is a this is a team on the rise i think everybody you know that's we're not saying anything that's uh we're not breaking news here you know everybody's kind of in agreement you know you've seen what the win total does i guess should we throw some close it by throwing cold water besides the defense like well yeah so here's the thing is there a chance Um, that Kyler murray's peaked is this like no, he too short. That's, he not no, no, I know. I'm, no, no, I'm no, trying to no, really. That's crazy. That's the coldest. No, no, no. You know, the, the the cold water literally is they start the they start the season against the 100 healthy D line for the Niners, followed by Niners Junior Washington football team. Um, so your offense is going to be, uh, it's going to look bad. I don't. I'm, I don't even think this is a hot take. Your offense after two weeks, people may have expected like it was going to be a lot better this year and Kyler Murray was going to break out and Hopkins was going to be this dynamic playmaker. But they could be out, they could get absolutely wrecked in those two games by the pass rush, which sets up week three, my favorite early season betting angle by a long shot, which is a super deflated total in that Lions game. That goes oh, yeah, forty points over the goes yeah. forty points over the total, the number. Like that's going to be a great spot uh, for the offense to finally explode. Um, and then they get a couple more nice ones. A couple, you know, they got like a nice little stretch there, week three, four, five, where they they can flex their legs a little bit. Week even week six, they're going to score points against the Cowboys. Um, you know, so I think you know there's there's room to you, you there's going to be a growing pains week one week two but you'll eventually fl- flourish and do some awesome things i think uh with the cardinals offense this year and there's gonna be a lot of bet on spots to to take advantage of that the um the quarterbacks they play um across their season i would have to actually do do some real math to prove this but i'm just look just looking at these guys i think they probably play the youngest aggregate age quarterback in the NFL this year. There are so many rookies and second year guys on this list. Haskins. Uh, oh my God. Got, I mean, yeah, even, Haskins, even Jimmy Darnold, G isn't that old uh, to uh, yeah. J- Josh oh, Allen. Uh, uh, Hurt. You're going to play Hurts yeah. week 15. Daniel Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hurts. <laughs> Hurts week 15. Yeah. See, see what I did there? <laughs> yes, I do. That was great. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but like on, ag- on average, this is probably your youngest, your most inexperienced quarterbacks, especially at a division. Like all of your non-divisional games are against super young and experienced guys. Again, that's going to make it very fun, uh, because these are going to be kind of high variance games, I think. Um, so the Cardinals kind of have a wider range. They could be four and 12, they could be 10 and six. I have a huge, 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 huge range of outcomes for these guys. Um, do you, you think it's worth getting involved on an alt under with them uh, just because of that potential uh, that potential variance? Could these guys go five and ten under five and a half worth of bet at plus two sixty five? Uh, I'm so ingrained in my bullishness. I hate to bet it, but you're probably right. I'm gonna have to check with my alt under conciliary. See okay. what his math said. I feel like it probably would agree with that because they are they're one of those teams where they, they can, got that yeah, up, you know. So there's they some could, well, fat not there. only yeah, not only yeah, there's some fat there because of the the money that came in on the over. But like you're right that if the defense isn't clicking, they could be like a top ten scoring team with five wins. <laughs> yes, that's kind you of what I, mean? my, I think that is what we're talking about. Realistically, yeah. 
like, I like think the, that's yeah, they're crazy. losing games 35 28 every week. Yeah. Once, once they get into the meat, was. because man, like the Miami, the Miami game is going to be high scoring. The Detroit game, oh yeah. man, uh, the Jets pass rush can. I mean, I guess the Jets can stop the run, but good luck with anything else. Uh, yeah, a couple of these games are going to be pretty high scoring. There's going to yeah. be downers, you know. The Buffalo game, obviously, it'll be tough even at home, but still, they yeah, they're going to put up a bunch of points, and they might not win all that many games. So, be an interesting season. I think their ceiling's probably eight. Okay. Uh, but yeah, their floor's like two. Like, yeah, there's there's not a like you got Carolina and Miami on the schedule, but I'm not seeing a ton of like gimmies. The Giants, that's a you know they're a bad team, but you're going to the Meadowlands in December. Yeah, not as a, great a spot. team from Arizona, not a great spot for it. Yeah, when you when you have these shitty teams on the schedule, you want it to be a good spot. Like yeah. you know they're hosting Miami, Carolina's going to be part of a an East Coast trip. Uh, they're another team that did the opted into the the road trip double uh, double. So yeah, they go Carolina yeah. Carolina Jets back to back. I think they'll probably stay in the. Stay on the East Coast, maybe. I'm assuming yeah. so. Is that the I plan it, why they did that? I mean, I, my, my expectation is every team that specifically requests it, oh, expecting to stay. They expect to stay the week. Like this, this is these are getaway spots. That'll be hilarious. Yeah. Like, why did you ask request this it? You why did you do there? this if you're just going to travel back want, anyway? Yeah. You know what? Shit heels. Uh, looking across the uh, NFC West. Three out of the four teams requested this. One of them did not. <laughs> the team that did not being the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get to that tomorrow. Yeah. One, I see one. They got to go to Atlanta. They got to go to Miami. They got to go to Buffalo. They got to go to Philly. They got to go to Washington. They got five trips to the East Coast from Seattle. Ooh, baby. It's a lot of travel. Um, all right, so yeah, no Arizona, I think is uh, is an interesting team, but uh, I do think the uh, the best number on them is long gone. Cannot in even in your wildest imagination, I could not advocate anyone betting over seven right now. Like there's just if I'm no betting on them, way. I found a seven to one to win the division. Like if you were really Ooh, that's bullish, not crazy, yeah, if that's you're not really crazy. bullish. I get that, or maybe like a to make the playoffs bet if you can find that market. I don't, I don't particularly mind that because even even if their ceiling, I say is eight, I'm not that smart. It could be nine. They I mean, there be, might be an eight. There might be an eight win team flips. that gets in. Yeah, I think that's that's not crazy. They are a bunch of coin flip games, bunch of coin flips on the schedule. They're not. They don't have the pass rush that's going to be able to put away an, a, a two-score lead with ease. So they're going to they're going to be susceptible to comebacks. Uh, they don't have a running game that can put away a lead effectively. Uh, so you know that that is part of that equation as well. Um, but you know their defense and sort of the the makeup of the defense, I think, is enough to give them a chance to come back from a deficit so they'll be in a lot of these games it'll be end of game scenarios that kind of shake out when wins and losses i think for these guys which comes down to cliff kingsbury the coach and his decision probably like if he takes a step forward as a decision maker and uses analytics and is you know is going forward on fourth down with a quarterback that has the wheels that kyler murray has and you know the, the set of weapons that they have there like they could be really freaking dynamic offensively and you know and broadly exceed our expectations over the course of the season. 
Um, but uh, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I, I can see 10 and six on this, but it's a real, real, real low probability, like 1%-ish. <laughs> um, I think most of my uh, results for these guys come in at uh, six and 10 and seven and nine. Yeah, that's fair. And it could be one of the, like you said, it could be a five win team that still got everybody pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Kime saves his job on the trigger on that, on that uh, Kyler Murray pick, man. And then you grab um, the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And once again, like I, I alluded to it when we were talking about the Rams and I don't think I actually ever came out and said it good for you for not. Yeah. Being sunk costs, whatever you want. Oh, yeah, sunk, sunk cost costs, fallacy. Like, sunk cost fallacy. fallacy. Like, you avoided it. Yes, good job by you. Which, yeah, Rosen Rosen might play. He might start. He might even be good somewhere. But they said this isn't the system for you. I don't care what we spent. I don't care how much draft capital it costs. We're done with you. We're moving on. And it looks to be, you know, it's early, but it's probably the right call. It'll be exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, cool. Well, that was good. Uh, she, see the Raptors just hanging it on the bucks. I fucking love it. man. I love it. That was a great, great outcome. I took a little bit of Pacers money line too. They're, Ooh, they, they fought starting, back in that one. Yeah. They were starting out very poorly. Super weird that game. Total, the pay, that, that, total that numbers. Oh, it, yeah. That, that is not going, that is not going over. That is a, uh, the rare under, although I think Raptors Bucks is coming in under too, right? Uh, uh, it's gonna be close. close. Two twenty. Um, oh yeah, okay. All right. Well, I really oh enjoyed it. NBA <laughs> the Mets are down fourteen nothing. I just pulled up baseball now. Not sure what happened there. It is the sixth <laughs> inning. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I don't bet baseball, so I don't really care. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. That was fun. We'll talk uh, Seahawks and uh, Niners uh, on the Wednesday pod, if that works for you. It absolutely works. I'm excited. All right, talk to you then. <laughs>